Right, so Hebrews chapter 6, I want you to notice the first verse says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And the subject of repentance is something we talk about a lot around here, but I want to focus today on a very specific aspect of repentance. Because most of the time when people talk about repentance, they're talking about salvation. But the truth is, repentance is not a word that is exclusively associated with salvation. You can have repentance and you can be, I mean, you can be repentant, have repentance by every definition of repentance and still not be saved because repentance is simply, you know, it is, it's, it's a change of mind, but it's a change from one thing to another thing. And that's repentance. No matter what you are repenting of, no matter what you are repenting to, that is, that is repentance. But because you don't hear that word outside of religious circles very much, it's come to be a word that's just about salvation. But that's not biblical. And, you know, whenever we're going to be going through the Bible and using Bible terms, we need to use it in a Bible way. It's very important that we do that. And so um, the truth is a lot of saved people, in fact, all saved people regularly need repentance in their life. We are naturally prone to backsliding as Christians. And when you get, when you, as a Christian, when you backslide, you know what you need to do? You need to repent. You need repentance. You need to stop backsliding and going the wrong way, and you need to start going the right way. And so that's a very important thing. Repentance is a great word that describes what somebody does when they get saved. But because of that, again, a lot of times people just use it exclusively for salvation. That's not right. And so, and I just want to say this too. A lot of people, they get uncomfortable when you start talking about, you use the word repentance. A lot of people get uncomfortable when a preacher gets up and says the word repentance. And if the word repentance makes you uncomfortable, okay, just it's either because you're not right with God or you've been watching too many YouTube videos, okay? And if you, you should be completely comfortable with the word repentance. As Christians, we ought to always be thinking about that word and always checking to see if we need repentance in our life. It's very important. And you know, I'm not going to stop using that word because some camp meeting guys are using it wrong and, you know, confusing people on their salvation. It is a Bible word. We're going to use it in a Bible way. And one thing we've got to understand about repentance, and this is what I want to focus on because the title of my message today is perverted repentance. And a lot of times when we use that word today, pervert, we're specifically talking about, you know, the creeps that are out there. But the truth is when we talk about perverting something, it's when you take something that's similar to something good. For example, you can pervert the gospel. Okay, now how do you pervert the gospel? Well, it's by taking, you know, like a good example of perverting the gospel. It wouldn't be talking about salvation through Allah because everybody's going to see right through that. But it's when you start talking about salvation through Christ, you know, minus works, except baptism. Because you're getting close. But the fact that you're close you know, you're, you know, makes it more uh, deceptive, but you're still not there. It's still not really salvation because you added a work to it and you've perverted the gospel when you've done that. We have today people who are perverting marriage. We understand that marriage is the union that's between a man and a woman, one that's for life. But we've got people today, they have a thing, well, they're calling it marriage, 
They're even having ceremonies. But then it's two dudes or two women. You know what that's called? That's, that's perverted marriage. It's not the real thing. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's only real if it's involving one man and one woman, something that's till death do you part. That's what, that's what real marriage is. But we have perverted forms of everything today. And that's what's so bad. You know, I wish a lot of these churches that are out there preaching false gospels, false doctrines, I wish they'd just call themselves something else. But what makes them more dangerous is the fact that they call themselves a church. The fact that some of them call themselves Baptists, while not even believe in Baptist distinctives, you know, I would rather them just call themselves Catholics. I would rather them call themselves a synagogue or something like that. But the fact that they have these similarities, you know what they're doing? They're perverting the real thing. And so the fact that it's close is what makes it so bad and what makes it what's so repulsive to us too, those of us who value and who love the real thing. And so with repentance, the reason I'm calling this perverted repentance is because what a lot of people have today in their life, and we're not even going to be talking about repentance so much for salvation. I'm taught today we're talking about repentance that you all need to do. As Christians, the repentance that you need in your life, but often as Christians, we have perverted repentance where it's similar, but it's not the real thing. And repentance is two things. And I, I wanted to use this passage here in Hebrews because I think it shows us very well what repentance is. Here, I do believe it's we're talking about for salvation. And notice how it calls it repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Repentance is not just repenting of something, but it's repenting to something. So for the Jews to get saved, they needed to repent of their dead works that they thought were saving them. They thought their keeping of the law was what was going to get them to heaven. And the truth is, if you know John the Baptist would have come to them, or Jesus, or Paul, any of them would have come and preached just repentance, meaning you need to repent of your dead works. And without preaching Jesus Christ, it wouldn't have done anything, would it? You can't just quit doing one thing. You have to start doing something else. And so you have to quit trying to work your way to heaven. And you also have to put your faith and trust in Christ. That's why it's kind of dumb, too, to teach that one must just repent of their sins. Because it's like, okay... If I quit sinning, is that going to get me to heaven? Well, first off, uh, no, because the thing is, you have to put your trust in Christ, too. So the thing is, it's not about just quitting one thing, but it's about doing something else. And at the same time, too, you know, nobody can quit their sin. No, nobody's, nobody's able to do that kind of thing. So just even putting it that way, that's what a lot of people think. A lot of people today think, well, the reason I'm not going to heaven is because I'm sinning too much. And that guy said, I have to repent of my sins. But the thing is, you quitting your sin, which is a work, okay, that is not the same as fully trusting in Jesus Christ and believing on Jesus Christ. So the thing is, they're kind of teaching like a half repentance. You're, you repent of this one thing, but with, they're, they're not preaching to do this other thing. And the thing we're supposed to do is rely completely on the work of Jesus Christ. So... Uh, again, teaching people to you start doing something and start trusting in Jesus Christ to fully do something. It's two different messages. So that's a, that's a horrible, horrible way to put it. 
But again, it is. It's, it's two things. So if you're lost and you are not believing on Christ, you know what? You got to repent of that and you have to believe in Christ. And so what does it look like when we only do part of the repentance? What does it do when we pervert the repentance? And here's how here. And so we're going to look at a few different ways to do this. So first thing that people do is they often repent of without repenting to. And if you only repent of, that's not real repentance. Real repentance involves repenting of one thing and doing something else. So, you know, and, and one thing we see in the Bible is repentance. It was mainly preached to the Jews because it was the Jews who were trusting in their own righteousness. The Jews were trying to obtain righteousness by the law and they needed to stop that and they needed to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Where the Gentiles, on the other hand, you don't see that word used as much with them because of the fact that the Gentiles, they weren't trusting in anything. The, in fact, look what it says in Romans chapter 9, in verse 30. And there is an example where they're preaching repentance of the Gentiles, and we're going to get to that. That's uh, very important. But in Romans 9:30, it says, What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which follow not after righteousness, have attained to the righteousness, even the righteousness which is a faith. So notice he's talking about the Gentiles. They weren't following after righteousness. The Gentiles, before the gospel was preached to them, they weren't thinking about heaven and hell. They weren't thinking about being righteous. You know what they were doing? They were dead in their trespasses and sins. They were just living according to the flesh. That's why First Peter uh, chapter 4 says, For this cause also was the gospel preached unto them that are dead. That was in reference to the Gentiles because they were they were dead in their trespasses and sins. They were not seeking after righteousness. They were not seeking after heaven, but they were still on their way to hell. And somebody had to come and preach to them and show them you're a sinner. You're guilty before God. Judgment is coming and you better believe on Christ for salvation. And these these people who weren't looking for righteousness, they're getting saved left and right. They're believing the gospel. But then in verse 31, he says, but Israel, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. So, you know, it, this was a foreign thought for Jews. So you're saying these people that weren't even looking for righteousness got it before the people who were looking for righteousness. Isn't it interesting that the people who weren't looking for a Messiah found the Messiah before the people who were looking for a Messiah? Isn't that interesting? But that's exactly what happened. That's what Paul's showing. And so why, why did Israel miss it? Why did the people that were looking for a Messiah not find a Messiah? It says, but Israel which followed after the law of righteousness hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, behold, I lay in sign a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So Israel, they were, they were determined to get to, right, get to heaven, get righteousness through their keeping of the law, and they had to repent of that. In Hebrews, he said it's dead works because that's all our works are. They're just dead works. And they don't please God. Faith is what pleases God. And the writer of Hebrews goes on to explain that in great detail later on in the book of Hebrews. And so the problem that the Jews had is they wouldn't repent. They wouldn't quit doing what they were doing and put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so as a result, 
they, you know, they went to hell. But because it, it is almost impossible to just quit something without replacing something. That, that's what you have to understand. And our life, you could say, it's like a cup. Okay, our, it, it's always full of something. Because the truth is, even that glass that's half full, it's actually totally full. You know what it's got in it? It's got water and air. And you know the truth is, you know if you know there's not if there's actually nothing in a cup, you know what you have a vacuum. You suck all the air out. There's a vacuum. When you pour the water out, you can picture the water that being the good things, the air that being the bad things. That's just natural. And you know what you've got to keep in your life. You've got to keep the good in your life. If you just try to take away certain things, you know what you got. You've got a vacuum. That's what, you, that's what you're going to have. And many people today, many Christians, they're always trying to quit something without filling it with something else. Okay? That's not real repentance. Real repentance, and I'm talking about for saved people. Okay? If you're saved, you need to repent of your sins. Okay? And I wish the crowd that was the best at preaching, you don't have to repent of your sins to be saved. I wish they'd all repent of their sins after they get saved. Because it's really important. It helps if we have a good testimony. We, otherwise, people aren't going to take us serious when we're trying to preach to them. But at the same time, we see that it is you, you can't just quit something without replacing something. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit." speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know, what a lot of people have going on today, they are, they are, their life is full of the things of the flesh. They are drunk or they are filled with wine. They are drunk and they are filled with sin and with the pleasures of this world. And you know what? You're not going to succeed if you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to quit drinking. Hey, that is a great resolution. If you drink, I think you should quit drinking. But the truth is, you, the reason you drank is because you had a need that you felt like that would fill. And the truth is, if you just remove that, you know what you have now? You have a vacuum. So you know what you have to do? You have to put something else in there. And that, you know what you need? You know what you need to get, you know, to find pleasure and to find happiness and peace and all those things? You need some psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know why a lot of people drink today? Because it helps them cope with the stress and with the problems that they're facing in their life. And there is, there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of worries. Some people, uh, you know, election day is coming up and they're going to get all stressed out by it. You know how they're going to drown their sorrows? In alcohol. Okay? And let me tell you, it looks like, you know, if some of the pollsters are right, the, uh, the lefts, leftists, they're going to be shooting up with all kinds of stuff and drinking all kinds of stuff after this election because it's not looking too good for them. But, you know, the thing is, it's not going to help them, is it? And if, if somebody's out there who's just decided, you know what, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit doing drugs. Well, just understand, stress is going to come. Problems are going to come. And now you've got a vacuum in your life. You better fill it with something. And you know what we need to fill it with? We need to fill it with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And so we do. You, we need the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We've got a lot of people today, they're repenting of all the television they're watching. They're repenting of their bad music. But 
they're not repenting to good music. They're not repenting to reading their Bible. They're not repenting to spiritual things. A lot of people are repenting of a lot of bad activities, but they're not repenting to good activities. And that's why they're failing. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are out there today. They think they're on their way to hell because just because of the fact that they're doing this sin, they're doing that sin, and they're always just trying to quit things. But the truth is, that, you know, that doesn't save you. You've got to go to Jesus Christ. But then even people who get saved, it's just always, I've got to quit doing this, I've got to quit doing that. And yes, you do need to quit doing those things, but you also need to replace those things. You've got to go to, you've got to, go to something. It's so important, and it is impossible to get victory by just determining to not doing something bad. You know, if you decide, you know what, I want to be healthy and I want to lose weight. You can't repent of junk food without repenting to good food. You know what a lot of people do? Their method of losing weight, I'm just going to quit eating. Well, you're only going to do that for so long. And that's how we are in our lives. You know what? Here's how I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm just going to quit doing that. Okay, that's only going to last for so long. We all need something to do. You know what you need to do? You need to quit doing those bad things, but you've got to start doing some good things too. You've got to do that. It's so important. And this is why church is so important. Because think about it. What other organization is out there that's going to promote the things of the Spirit rather than things of the flesh? What organization is doing that out there? It, it doesn't exist. And the Bible says in Galatians 5.16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And so again, if I have a, if I have a glass up here and it's full of air, and that picture's sin, okay? If I want to get rid of the air, you know what I got to do? I got to fill it with water. And the water that that's the, that's the righteous thing. I want to repent of all that sin that's in that cup. I've got to fill it with that which is good and that which is righteous. And so many people today, they are. They're just trying to suck the air out of the cup, and now there's just a vacuum that's there. And guess what? Air is going to go right back in. Eventually, you're going to go right back into it. And if, and if you, uh, again, if you're trying to repent of sins, do it. That's important. But you've got to get some good things in there. Otherwise, you're going to go right back to it. And so, and again, you know, that, and church will help you with that. What other place can you go to where you can get involved in activities that are spiritual rather than carnal. You know, a lot of people, you know, because, again, you know, obviously, most of the stuff that we do, you know, we enjoy the things that we do, don't we? I mean, but yet they are, they're spiritual things. And yet we have a good time. We have, a, you know, we have a good time going on, you know, going soul winning. We enjoy the fellowship. We enjoy just, you know, getting out there. I mean, I, I enjoy those things. I hope everybody enjoys those things. You know, we enjoy... Uh, you know, I, I enjoy music practice. I like I like doing choir practice. I like singing the songs. I like all those things. But these are these are spiritual things, and we need them in our life because not only are we doing spiritual things, but we're having we're getting we're having community. We're getting around other people. We're having fellowship, and that's what people are looking for. People are looking for fellowship. People are looking for friendships. They're looking for relationships. The problem is. If you go out there to find them, it's going to be centered around things that are just going to get you in trouble. I mean, where do people go to hang out these days, typically? It's like bars and stuff. 
And we don't. We don't have a whole lot of that community and fellowship in our world today, and especially that's centered around anything decent. But you will find those things in church. And I'm telling you, you can't just repent of your bad friends. you got to repent to some good friends because we all need friends. We all need that. And you might think, well, I'm a loner. I can do it better myself. I doubt it. Okay? And I get it. Some people need other, other people more than others. Some are, might, you might be that way to a certain extent, but you know, if you're married, your wife not, might not be that way. Your husband might not be that way. And the truth is we've all been commanded to go to church. We've all been commanded to be a part of the house of God. And it's because not just because God doesn't want us not doing bad things. There's some good things that he wants us doing. And we've got to be actively involved in there. And so many say, so many people saved and lost today are out there and they're they're sick and tired of the results of sin but they are only trying to quit the bad without doing the good it's it's only going to be temporary and so even when it comes to carnal things that aren't necessarily sin this applies again like the you cannot repent of an unhealthy diet by just choosing to quit eating you have to replace the unhealthy diet with a healthy one that's that's very important so it's perverted repentance when you're only repenting of something without repenting to something. But it's also perverted repentance when you repent to something without repenting of something. And you've you got to do both. Acts 17, verse 29. Now, here's an example where Paul's preaching to some Gentiles and he's preaching repentance to them. And these are idolatrous people on Mars Hill that are trusting in false gods, that are believing in false gods now i don't know what their beliefs were um you know surrounding these idols i i don't think these gentiles were looking for righteousness through these idols i don't think any of them were like you know i think zeus is going to cleanse my sins i don't think they cared about their sins i don't think they thought that they even had a sin problem but let me tell you it is not okay god is not okay with you having other gods before him I mean, thou shalt not have no other gods before me. It's the first of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Is the second of the Ten Commandments. That's a really big deal. So look at what it says in verse 29. It says, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think of the Godhead, that the Godhead is like unto silver, gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. And at the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men and that he hath raised him from the dead so notice that these people that paul's preaching to they had many gods it would not have been a problem for them to just add jesus christ to their list of gods I mean, they had an altar there to an unknown God. They could have just as easily erected a statue right there of Jesus Christ. They could have done, but you know what? That's not okay. That's not what God wants. These people, they had other gods that they needed to repent of. And so, to re and so the thing is, I think they would have been ready in a heartbeat to repent to Jesus Christ. But unless they're willing to repent of these other gods, it's not okay. So for example, you know, when it comes to salvation, you cannot go from Islam to Christianity 
without repenting of the Islam. And that's what a lot of people act like. They act like, you know, if I'm just going to add this. I've talked to a lot of Muslims that are out there too, that when we try to preach Jesus to them, they try to act like they're okay because they do believe in Jesus. They believe he was a good man. They believe he was one of the prophets, but they don't believe he was God. They don't believe he's the only way to heaven. I mean, they've got all kinds of these Islamic beliefs that go completely against what the Bible teaches about Jesus Christ. But they think, they think that they're with Jesus. They actually think that their belief system is favorable to Christianity and all that. But no, it's not. And the thing is, if you, you know, let's say that you were a Jew and you converted to Islam. Did you know if you, to do that, you would have to repent of your beliefs about Jesus? Because Jews are very negative about Jesus, where Muslims are very positive towards Jesus. But you understand, they're still very wrong, aren't they? They're still off by a mile. So again, there's repentance. So you can repent of Islam and repent, you know, uh, you know and, and, or repent, I'm, get, I'm getting these things backwards. But again, you know, but you know what I'm saying? You have to remove those things. You can't just add Christ. You can't just repent to him without repenting of these other things. And again, and this is why repentance of sins for salvation doesn't make any sense because of the fact that, you know, nobody's trusting in their sins to get them into heaven. You know, nobody's actually doing that. But I do believe that this is why a lot of uh, people who try to get saved are always confused about their salvation because of the fact that they are, they're thinking, well, I repented of these things or I repented to Christ, and therefore I'm good. But the thing is, they were also trusting in their works. You've got to repent of that. You've got to repent of trusting in your works, and you've got to repent just to Jesus Christ, because he's the only, he is the only way to heaven. Romans 10.3 says, talking about the Jews, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So the Jews, you could say they had repented of their sins. To the best of their ability, they had repented of their sins, but they didn't repent to Jesus Christ. So the thing is, they weren't okay. They weren't covered. They weren't saved. What they needed to do was they needed to, uh, you know, they needed to repent to Jesus Christ. And they didn't do that. So if all you do is forsake sin... You're just creating a vacuum and you're either going to go right back into that sin or you're going to replace it with something else. And so you must make an effort to forsake those things of the past that you used to do. Romans 6.19 says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness, Unto holiness. That's the opposite. You used to yield towards one thing, but now you've got to yield to this other thing. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye in those things, whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So notice that you know these people they had been made you know free from sin but they also are they from the, being servants of sin 
But the thing is, now you've got to be a servant to God. And a lot of people are like, well, I want to repent of being a servant to sin, but you don't want to repent to being a servant to God. That's not, that's not right either. And that's what we've got to do as Christians. We've just got to understand that if we don't repent to, to serving God, we're going to go right back to that sinful life. We're going to be like a talk, we talked about in Sunday school in 2 Peter 2, that when you knew the way of righteousness and then you turn from the holy commandment, you're like that dog returning to its vomit. You're going back to those old ways. Folks, if you don't actively, purposefully follow after Christ, you're going to go right back to your sinful ways. It's only a matter of time. Whatever you're doing before you were saved, you're going to do it again, even though now you're saved. And you're going to be in more trouble now. You're going to be in even bigger trouble. So that's why you've, you've got to replace these things. And so you don't have to repent of your sins for salvation, but you do have to repent of sins for a victorious Christian life. You do have to really put that effort in there. And if you are saved, but you're still caught up in all these things that you were before you were saved, and guess what those things are? It's the things that the rest of the world are doing. It's the same thing. Then you know what? You will have the exact same results as them. Your life will be a nightmare. Your marriage will be a nightmare. Your kids aren't going to turn out good. Great. You're saved. You got saved. You're on your way to heaven. But you haven't repented to a godly life. You haven't repented to the ways of God. And you're still doing things according to the ways of the world. You're going to have all the same problems that this world's having. And it's sad how many, you know, how, uh, how similar statistics are when it comes to marriages and things in amongst Christians as it is in the world. You want to know why that's the case? Because of worldliness. Okay, the perverted marriage crowd... They, want, they try to make it out like, well, you know, there's no difference between, you know, gay marriage and heterosexual marriage. They're all messing up too. Well, again, heterosexual marriages are messing up today because they're so carnal and the people are so worldly. Even amongst Christians, you do things like the world, you're going to have the same results. If your marriage is the same as the world's, you're going to have the same results. If the wife's the head of the household, you're going to have the same turmoil, even if you're saved. I don't care if both of you are saved. That's not the way God intended things to be. You're going to have a mess. You're going to, if you don't discipline your kids, I don't care if your kids are saved. They're going to be rotten kids. If you're not disciplining them the way the Bible says to do. And so, so many people, they are, they're just, they're trying to repent of one thing, but they're not repenting to the other thing. And it's going to cause a problem. And so if you come to me asking what you need to do to go to heaven, I'll just tell you, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But if you come asking me how to live a happy life, you know, that's a longer conversation. And you know what we're going to be talking a lot about? Repentance. There's going to be a lot of repentance being brought up, to, up there. And you know what? I'm tired of people, and, and I don't have it much here in this church. Most of this, you know, I get from people that watch online and stuff. But they're always coming for advice on how to have a happy life, how to have a good marriage, without doing some of the basic things that we are supposed to repent to. Great. I'm glad you're saved. Why aren't you in a church? Why don't you have a pastor that you can come talk to? Now, I don't think it's wrong to, you know, pe people, they're always emailing my wife, too, because she has her program asking for advice on things. A lot of people email me. But, you know, here's, here's the dangerous thing about getting advice from a guru out there that you don't know personally, and especially that doesn't know you personally, is there's so many things you have to factor in in every situation. You know, if, you know, because the thing is, who, who will allow me to, who will volunteer to get picked on? 
right. I, I don't want to choose anybody because look at him. All right, Brother Mark raised his hand back there. All right, so all right, Brother Brother Mark volunteered his family to get picked on. All right, but let's just say let's just, you know, and this is all hypothetically raised his hand, but you know, let's just say you know Miss Heidi is a royal nag and who who does not submit to her husband. And, you know, I go, you know, I've been pastoring them for years. I know that that's the case. I know she does not listen to them. I know that she will, you know, is just terrible to them. But the thing is, you know, let's say my, you know, some other pastor out there, he doesn't know that. Or some other pastor's wife doesn't know how she is. And then she emails, you know, my wife or some other pastor's wife asking, you know, what do I do about my husband that's just not taking the leadership role? You know, and, and so people do, they, they ask these questions, but it's just like, is your husband not taking a leadership role or are you just not liking how he leads? And so when you actually know somebody, okay, so if Miss Heidi asked my wife that, you know, my wife who on a regular basis is watching her nag her husband and just not listen to him, you know, she's going to understand what she needs to tell her. Because there's that, there's been that observance and something that they've seen, and so um, you know, again, people are always doing that. Because if you go and you ask that guru that's out there, you know, especially if it's one who's well respected in some circles, well, then you know what you can do. You can give them only the facts that you want them to know. And if you listen to them enough, you probably know how they're going to answer that question. But the truth is, people who know you and love you, they see through all that stuff, and they're going to tell you how it is. And so that's why it's just, I'm not saying you can't do that, you can't ask people questions, but just understand, they're going off of very incomplete information. And so, so again, people all the time, they're like asking for help on all these things, but they don't even have a church that they go to. How am I, you know what? I can't give you some magic pill that's going to make you spiritual when you can't get your carcass into church. All the pastors in my area are unsaved and teach repentant sins. Shut up. I don't believe you. I don't believe people when they tell me that. And I'm tired of pretending like I do. Some people might be telling the truth. I just don't believe anybody. Too many people have cried wolf too many times. So I just don't believe it. You know, they want to know how they can have a happy life and you know and they're you know they're divorcing their spouse they're just doing all these basic things you're not supposed to do so they're not in church they don't read their bible how can i be more spiritual you know while listening to my death metal music and i refuse to repent of it well then i can't i just can't help you you know i'm trying to figure out how you know i can you know learn how to communicate better have a better relationship with my wife but I'm also not, you know, and I want you to tell me what I need to do. But by the way, I'm not going to repent of all the soap operas we're watching. You know, I want, I want to figure out how I can control my lust problem, but I refuse to repent of pornography. It's, so all these people, they're wanting to repent to these good things, but they don't want to repent of anything. Or they'll try to repent of something without repenting to something else. It's just not going to work. This isn't real repentance, folks. You got to do both things. You got to repent of and you've got to repent to every time. And you've got to do just some of these basic things. It's so, it's so important. And so the last thing is repenting of one bad thing while repenting to another bad thing. Did you know that's still repentance? But it's, again, is it going to help you? It's repentance. You changed your direction, you changed your mind, you repented. 
but it's not going to make things better. Look what it says in Acts chapter 7 in verse 38. Let's see an example of repentance in the Bible that didn't get, somebody, didn't get people saved. It says in Acts chapter 7 verse 38, This is he that was, with, that was in the church of the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to given unto us to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt, saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us, for as for this Moses which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, and offered sacrifice unto the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, Ye have offered me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years in the wilderness. Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan figures, which was made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. The children of Israel, they loved the idea of getting out of Egypt. They loved the idea. They loved the idea of not being in bondage and not being in captivity. They loved the idea of that. And they followed Moses you know, thinking, all right, he's going to lead us someplace where we're not going to be in captivity. But you know, when things got a little bit difficult, you know what they did? They repented. And you know what they did? They started worshiping gods of gold. They made a golden calf. They took up the star of their god, Remphan and Moloch. These were, these were the wrong things. And a lot of people that are out there today, they do. They want a better life. They want a better marriage. But you know what? They're repenting to the wrong things. They're, they're going from one false belief to another false belief. Again, if you, be, if you go from Mormon to Catholic, that's repentance, isn't it? But is it going to get you to heaven? Nope. You repented of one bad thing, and you repented to another bad thing. It would be like me if I decide, you know what, I want to be more healthy, and so I'm going to repent of all my Coke, but I'm going to repent to Pepsi. Well, I'm still going to be drinking too much sugar. I mean, I, folks, it was repentance. I changed, I changed my mind. I changed my ways. I changed my behavior. But I repented of one bad thing and to another bad thing, so it's not going to do anything. So, and many unhappy people today, they think the solution to their problem is just to change. And while, you, yes, you need to change, the only problem is if you don't change the right thing, it won't really change. A lot of people are changing churches all the time, but they're not changing to the right church. They change religions, but they're not changing to the right religion. They, a lot of people, they jump from one cult right into another cult all the time. Why is that? They're, they're repenting, but it's not repenting to, they're not repenting to the right thing. You know, and you can't, you can change your location. You can change your, your occupation. You can change your look. You can change your religion. You can change any of those things that you want. You can even go change your name. But until you change yourself, everything's going to remain the same. This is why second marriages are often just as bad as the first marriage. Because, you know what? Yeah, you got a new wife, but you didn't change. Yeah, you, you repented of one... Yeah, you had one bad marriage, but you repented right to another bad marriage. You didn't change any of the things that needed to be changed. That's why most women, they'll go from one abusive relationship to another abusive relationship. They changed. They had repentance, but it wasn't the right kind of change. And you've got to change to the right thing. That is so important. And people are always switching stuff without changing themselves. I'm just going to change to another geographical location and then I'm going to be happy. 
Wrong. Okay, it's just not going to happen. And you know what? Again, I don't want to be a jerk, but I don't like doing plain make-believe. And when, when people's lives are a mess, when people's marriages are a mess, and they're thinking, I just need to change. And, then, and their solution is, I'm just going to change geography. I'm going to change all these things. That Those things aren't the problem. Those things are not the problem. Okay? Your job is not your problem. Okay? Illinois is not your problem. And I know that's probably a bit of a stretch, you know, <laughs> stretch. But at the same time, no. People, they take their baggage with them everywhere they go. It's like all these problems, they follow me around everywhere I go. You know, and I know it's after Halloween, but, you know, I, I have an opinion, all right? You know, okay, I don't, I don't want to just completely change the subject. But, you know, when it comes to, like, these haunted houses and all that kind of stuff, First, I don't believe in, I don't really believe in haunted houses, I, but at the same time, I do think stuff happens in people's houses. I think the problem is the people. I think I could move in their haunted house and I'd be fine. I think the problem is people are messing with a lot of wicked stuff, and as a result, they get spirits attached to them and things. And that's why, too, in all these ghost stories and stuff, they always leave the one house and then the ghost follow them to this other place. Yeah, exactly, because the house isn't haunted. You're haunted. You know, because of all your witchcraft you're messing with, because of all your demonic stuff that you're participating in, okay? It's not your house that's haunted. You're haunted. And you, and you do. You're going to go, and then you're going to have a priest come do some hocus-pocus on you and sprinkle on holy water and things, and, and then you think that's going to fix the problem. And no, just keep, it's following you everywhere. Yeah, because you're haunted. And, and you, you, know, you went to a witch, and she's the one that got the demon possessed you in the first place, and then you repented to the priest, and then he just got another demon attached to you, is all there is to it. And I just, these, these spirits follow me everywhere I go. Well, again, you need to get to the right thing. You need to actually get to a real church. You, actually, you need to get the Holy Spirit in your life. That's that it, you are the problem. And what you've had in your life is a perverted repentance. It's not the real thing. You have to repent of something, but you also have to repent to something. And that something you repent to has got to be the right thing. And if it's not, then it's not going to do any good. You're going to have the same, the same mess wherever you go. And that's why what you just have, you have to do is learn to identify where the real problem is, okay? And I think it's easy to figure out what you need to repent of. I think that's easy. It is more challenging a lot of times to figure out what you need to repent to, okay? I mean, if you're beating your wife, I promise you need to repent of that, okay? But you know what you also need to do? You, you also need to repent to something. You need to start being loving to your wife. Because if, if you just decide, you know what, I'm just going to quit punching my wife. All right, I mean, that's good, Nobody's discouraging that, okay? We're, we're all encouraging that, but the fact that you would do that shows you have a real major problem on the inside. And if you don't fix that, pretty soon she's going to make you mad again, and now you've got that vacuum. And you're eventually probably going to sock her again. And that's, that's not okay. So you've got, you've got to figure out what those things are, and you have to fix them. It's not enough to just not do something. And I do. I feel like a lot of Christians, when it comes to fixing their life, they're like the person who goes on a diet, 
but all they do is repent of eating. Eventually, you're going to go back to eating. I promise, or you'll die. And, 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 and you know what everybody does, too? When everybody quits eating for however many days, you know, and they lose those first pounds, but then, you know how, they go right back to eating, and it's always the same junk. You know, they go to McDonald's. They, you know, they go pig out these places that got them in trouble in the first place. No, you know what? I would recommend not even doing that. I would recommend just, like, go and start filling yourself up with whatever it is you're supposed to eat. Right, don't talk to me about the dietitian stuff. All right, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not the best at telling you what you need to repent to, on that. But that's how this works. And anytime you do, you repent of something without repenting to something, you're not really repenting, because it is. It's, there's two things involved there. And when you're short of that, it's perverted repentance. And as Christians, we need repentance all the time. We always need it because we are bent on backsliding. So I hope this will help. So with that, let's pray, dear Lord. I pray this message will be a help and encouragement to everyone. Lord, I know we've all got things in our life that we would like to uh, get rid of and areas where we'd like to re- improve. But Lord, I pray you'll help us to have the right mindset and have a mindset of repentance, Lord, of, of true repentance where we repent of the bad, but we also repent to the good. I pray just as much as we think about removing something from our life, we will think about adding something good to our life. And I just pray you'll give everyone the victory. In your name we pray. Amen.